Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. In this episode, you're going to hear from Dr. Jennifer Rollins. She's an integrative medicine-trained OB-GYN with over a decade of women's health experience. She regularly contributes to magazines like Pop Sugar and Everyday Health. She is the CEO and founder of Well Woman MD, a clinic dedicated to a holistic, whole body approach to care by using nutrition, lifestyle, and cutting edge testing. She's also the host of Ignite Your Power podcast, a platform for badass female entrepreneurs in the health and wellness industry. Dr. Jen is an avid outdoor enthusiast and traveler, and most importantly, she is the go-to math guru for her four energetic kids. Enjoy this interview. We talk all about her journey, her personal journey from infertility to conception and how that changed the trajectory of her conventional OB practice. And she found herself wanting to learn more about functional and integrative medicine to the point that now she serves patients outside in her own private practice. She'll share with you her three drivers of PCOS and a quiz that she has on her website so you can learn more if you are a patient with PCOS. So enjoy this compelling interview and keep coloring outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. What a treat. I have Dr. Jennifer Rollins here, and I'm going to let her introduce herself because first I have to start off with a very compelling statement she made to me, which I am both appalled and intrigued. She says she is the go-to math guru for her four energetic kids. Now, as a working doctor mom, OB-GYN, that is incredible to me. So Dr. Jen, let's talk about the math first. How is that happening in your house? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I have four children. And so obviously, they're all have math classes in school. And so I am constantly being asked about math, like, and math nowadays is not the math that it was 30 years ago when I was in school. (laughs) So things have quite a bit changed with this common core concept that has been interesting. But, you know, ultimately, it's about trying to sort of teach your children multiple ways of doing things. You never know what kind of learner they're going to be ultimately, you know, in the end. And so I always sort of go to my technique and then sort of try to understand how they're doing differently in school and really kind of be the foundation for them for, for math. That's, that's amazing as a a working physician, balancing that work life, you know, is incredible. And I'd love to hear how you went from conventional OB into this integrative functional space and how you've embraced this kind of a second and third chapter of your career. Give us a little intro. Sure. So I was in private practice in Missouri, uh, in a 11 person practice. So I was a partner with 10 other people. And as I was actually going through as a private practitioner, I started having my own health problems. In fact, I had infertility. I couldn't conceive my second child for 18 months, two years. And I was really frustrated by the fact that, you know, here I am an OBGYN telling people how to get pregnant. I couldn't figure it out myself for my own body. And 
I ended up sort of on this journey of infertility, figuring out that I had PCOS and Hashimoto's. And so I was able to get pregnant um, at that time. But afterwards, my own OB had suggested, you know, the typical therapy. Why don't you be on Synthroid, birth control pills? This is what you need to do until you're when you're not having children. And I was, I was very compliant. I was a good patient and I sort of continued to do that. But what I realized was I was miserable. Like I was having, I was extremely exhausted. I was drinking five to six cups of coffee a day. And then, you know, she would give me something for sleep at night because I couldn't go to sleep. And so it became this roller coaster of like, okay, here's Zoloft for anxiety. Zoloft is causing me insomnia. So here's Ambien at night. And as an OBGYN, I got to be up at all kinds of crazy hours of the night. I can't be taking medication that makes me tired and I can't be tired myself. So it kind of let me on this own personal journey of figuring out like, what is there? There's something missing from conventional medicine that I don't know, or that my OB doesn't know who I love. And so what is it that I'm missing? So I started taking Institute of Integrated Nutrition courses, functional medicine, IFM courses, and I started learning about nutrition because we don't get nutrition in medical school. We really don't. And I started learning that it, that just because my thyroid is pushing out T4 does not mean it's actually functioning. (laughs) It's actually working appropriately. So I changed my diet. I became gluten-free. I started really focusing on nutrients that I needed to get in my own food and really figuring out how I can help myself to heal. And as I was doing that, I was hearing the same thing from patients. Patients were telling me, hey, I've been trying to get pregnant for years. I went to the REI doctor you suggested and nothing's happening. They told me to lose weight. I have PCOS. They told me to lose weight. And they told me to come back when when I've lost 50 pounds. Well, you know, I'd hear these stories from these patients and I would say to myself, well, what did they, how did they tell you to lose weight? Like, what are the, what did they tell you to do? And the story was always the same. They didn't, they just told me to lose weight and come back. And so I really started diving into PCOS specifically because I had it and figuring out how can I help women to like do this, right? How can I help? I just felt it was unacceptable as doctors to say to them, go lose weight come back. Like, what, what does that mean? How do you do that? And how do you make it sustainable for someone? Because ultimately if they do get pregnant, they're back in my lap and we have to talk about, you know, increased risks of blood pressure issues, diabetes, all the things that happen when you're pregnant, if you don't have a better metabolic um, health. So as I was doing this in private practice and sort of using these skills I was learning and all this information I was learning, I realized that I really wanted to have a more thorough education. Like I really wanted to learn how can I really, really help someone? Cause you know, even though I would be doing something outside of the norm of my other colleagues, I still would get stuck at places. Like, I don't know what to tell you to, to what supplement to tell you. I don't know. I don't know. You have IBS. I'm not really sure what to tell you to eat. Like, I really don't know all of that information. So I chose to do the integrated medicine fellowship and to really be able to be basically have a ton more tools in the toolbox. Right. So my, my thoughts, the difference between conventional medicine and integrated medicine is I have a lot of more tools to help somebody as opposed to treating, seeing a symptom and giving you a treatment. Now I can actually say, well, why do you have that symptom? And let's back it up and try to figure out how I can get you off of medications. Because I ultimately feel like doctors should be judged by how they get us, how we get people off medications. We should be yes. judged by that, not judged by you know, how many people we can see in 10 minutes. Like it should be that how much, how many, how many medications can we get somebody off? 
Oh, word. Oh my goodness. That is the most eloquent way I've heard of somebody empowering themselves as a practitioner. And really that, you know, it takes a lot for all of us. I think a lot of physicians that end up in an integrative space that didn't start that way, it is a self-reflection of, ooh, maybe I don't know all the answers. And that takes a lot of courage, right? Because we aren't mm-hmm. trained with nutrition. We we see other events happening, other successes outside of our sphere. And it's like, how can I bring that into my world? And I love how you went down this personal journey, which is empowering you to then empower patients with your new knowledge and putting those pieces together and saying, I've done this myself. I know exactly how, how you feel. Here is how we can help you get healthier. That's so wonderful and magical. And it's got to be a new kind of a breath of life to you to see that you're able to impact health in new ways. Yeah, it is. In fact, I had a patient who I can still remember. She had been to the REI doctor for infertility and had been kind of left alone. Like they basically said, sorry, we have nothing else we can offer you. And her and I working over six to eight months and I was learning about, okay, what supplements should you be on? What This is before I did my, my integrative medicine fellowship. I'm like, what should we do? We should do this. How about this? And ultimately she conceived her own, like on her own spontaneously. And so for me, that moment, every time I get kind of you know, like, why am I doing this? I remember that patient who, you know, ultimately was able to do this from very simple things that all physicians should know. We that just is don't. beautiful. And that's your why, you know, and, and that is so good to anchor ourselves in that why, because like any kind of medical practice, you can get burned out in, in a lot of feeling like you really want health for a patient, but it's a partnership. As you know, it's just as much work on the patient side as it is on the practitioner side to make some of these habits happen. And the fact that you were able to show her her body could conceive and you were learning along the way, which is, again, a beautiful thing that is a mind shift. I don't know if you felt that way, but when I started in functional medicine, it was it was interesting to notice my brain admitting I don't have all the answers. So I'm going to continue researching right along with you as we learn together. And it just really helps the patient see that you're in it, you know, with them that you, you know, everybody has things to offer for healing. And when you're working with infertility, that's got to be emotionally heavy as well. And you helped her gift, you know, her own conception with that. That's amazing. Would you say that you find um, your main interest is infertility and PCOS? And, and do you have a special area that you really are passionate about? PCOS is definitely my jam because <laughs> I feel like that's the patient in OBGYN world where we don't have a lot. We we offer them birth control pills. We offer them medicine to help with hirsutism, but we really don't do anything. And really those are the women that long-term are on birth control pills for a very long time. And then they metabolically are very unhealthy when they're forties or, you know, twice as much, twice as much risk for diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So we don't really teach them how to stay healthy in their 20s, 30s, 40s. And then ultimately now they're set up great for their 50s and 60s. And so it's really kind of, I think, an area where functional medicine, integrated medicine can help them so much because, you know, it's a metabolic syndrome. That's a huge category of things that really need to be addressed your lifelong um, I do enjoy working with patients with infertility, but that's one component of sort of PCOS. Um, and definitely, I think with PCOS for me, it's it's a matter of trying to teach someone how to understand their body much better and understand their health and 
how my PCOS is different than your PCOS. So therefore you need to focus on these particular aspects. I think that's really what's for me drives sort of that, that um, detective work and figuring out how can we help you? You know, that's beautiful. I like that. I like that you put a unique spin on it because I really feel that PCOS, like you said, is a quagmire. It's just sort of, it's either dismissed, not dismissed, but it's just sort of brushed over in conventional medicine because it is so complex. It is so unique with people and diet has an influence genetics, um, you know, toxic burden, as we understand in, you know, functional integrated medicine, um, all the things, you know, um, you know, mycotoxins, biofilms, all these things can impact PCOS. And and I love how, you know, you're really dissecting that for your patients and saying this is uniquely what makes your PCOS a little bit different. You're having them own it as a lifelong puzzle, you know, that we do need to be aware of it. And it's important. And I would believe that patients that go through your clinic and your offerings come out more educated on their own body, almost like they have a user manual, which I think is a really wonderful gift. Where do you, where's your favorite starting point with a patient? And for those listening, if you're a practitioner, you probably know what PCOS is. And if you're a patient, um, why don't we start with what is PCOS in just a little uh, paragraph and then tell us where you like to start with the patients. Yeah, so PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and you know it's typically characterized as a GYN problem. Like, because a lot of times women will come into their OBGYN and say, "I'm having difficulty getting pregnant," or "I have irregular cycles," and so it's typically classified as a GYN issue, but it's not. It's really a metabolic problem because it doesn't just affect our you know sex hormones; it affects our insulin levels, it affects our inflammation, it affects cortisol. I mean, it's, it's intertwined with so many different hormones that we need in our body. So where I start with patients is trying to, well, first of all, the, the beauty of integrative and functional medicine is time, right? You get an hour with the patient to literally talk about what's going on. What are your symptoms? What have you tried? What's not worked? And so you really have the, the, the beauty of seeing the fact that there's typically in my mind, sort of three drivers for PCOS symptoms. So I sort of look at inflammation as a category, insulin resistance as a category in gut health. In fact, I have a quiz on my website that people can take and then they actually get um, those, it gets categorized into those particular results. And these things can change in your lifetime. It's not like you have insulin resistance problems now and then 10 years from now, that's what you have as well. It can change and inflammation can be a, a big factor. So we first, I first try to characterize what is the what is driving your symptoms that you're having? And then if it's, say, inflammation, then we're going to focus on what is the cause of your inflammation? Is it your cortisol levels are sky high? Is it that you have you know, environmental toxins around you and you're putting terrible makeup on that's causing you problems? Is it that you, you know, were exposed to a, a bug five years ago when you were traveling in Central America? Like, what is the actual issue causing your inflammation? Or is it insulin resistance? And let's talk about how we can have food balanced, better food plan. So how can we balance carbs, fats, and proteins together? I'm not a diet person. I feel like that's the worst thing for women mentally to be put on a diet, but also just doesn't work. Like it doesn't, the studies show diet does not work. Most diets fail. So I'm really about trying to sort of find the food combinations that you like to eat and what essentially love the food that loves you back, right? <laughs> like, I love, love that. that loves you back. And that way it's sort of long-term works for your body and that, you know, Hey, this is the kind of food I should be eating. I love me. that. Yeah. And then gut health. I've seen many patients who, you know, in my private practice who had infertility because of 
their gut. Like they, you know, you go talking to them. We never ask as physicians, do you poop? Like, what's the situation with your digestive health? We never ask those questions, especially in OBGYN. We don't because we have five minutes. And ultimately you find out so many answers and they're like, I don't know, like 10 days is that normal? I'm like, no, like, you know, like this is clearly a problem when your estrogen levels are out of control. Like, you know, some of that information can be really gathered once you sort of figure out what, what, what bucket of symptoms you have and where do they fit in the drivers and let's investigate those from that standpoint. That's awesome. I love the love the food that loves you back. And it's very personalized. And I think this is something that is so needed as as you described so well that there are many different reasons why your PCOS might be giving you issues. And it also depends on your goal. Are you wanting conception or are you wanting weight loss? Are you wanting, you know, all these different things that, you know, spin the wheel of PCOS. And what I love especially is you're you're helping them highlight, you know, the the things that could be going wrong or the things that might need to be fixed. And then you're providing support and a plan. So it's not like you're just providing a makeover. You know, everybody loves like, you know, HGTV or good makeovers. Who doesn't love that when you see like, here's my envisioning of your living room as an interior designer. It's going to look fabulous. But then who's going to do the work? You know, it's one thing to provide that 10,000 foot altitude view of, hey, this is how beautiful your house could look or your body or your health. But then you're helping them with the steps in Mm -hmm. the process, which is where I think that disconnect is in conventional medicine. I I bet no doctor would, would argue, oh, of course, cleaning up the diet, learning about different impacts of food and supplements would be great, but they don't have the time. They, they have the five minutes, like you said. And so they're doing the makeover. Oh, sure. We could get you. You just got to lose weight. You know, you just got to lose weight and then you'll conceive, but then where's the, where's the support in that process. And I love how you're giving them those, those plans and the ideas of how to get healthy. Um, I would love to know in like just a, a capsule, where do you start? Do you start with their 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 quiz on your website? I love the three drivers. And then do you meet with them, you know, one-on-one? Tell me how that goes. Um, well, people find me either because they've seen me on Instagram posting videos and then they go straight to the quiz, take the quiz. And when you get the quiz results, I actually have information about where you can start today. Like what can you do today because of inflammation? Beautiful. And- Let's mention your website and your Instagram handle here. It will be in the show notes, but I'd love to do it for our listeners. Okay. So, well, so my Instagram handle is wellwomanmd and it's woman, like W-O-M-A-N-M-D. And then my website is the same thing, www.wellwomanmd.com. And actually TikTok's the same. Like I have everything across the board the same Perfect. just to make it easy. Um, but yeah, and and so they have steps on results and, and then they can choose to jump on a strategy call with me where we just kind of chat about how can I specifically help you in a one-on-one uh, basis? Or I actually have a six-week PCOS nutrition and lifestyle course. So if someone wants to DIY it, they want to kind of just walk through the steps, what I would do on a one-on-one, but they want to do it themselves. Then I actually have that course that's available for people to do on their own. And it really walks them through, uh, again, starts with the drivers, like what are the three drivers? What tests should you ask your doctor for? Make sure you get these tests done. And then it goes through, if you specifically have insulin resistance, there's a whole module on how do you build a plate for, how do you take your food and literally say, how is this better for lowering my insulin? <laughs> what can I do to make my insulin resistance better by what I eat? And then also talking about, I have a whole exercise um, section. And in fact, I have a PCOS trainer who works in California. She's a friend of mine. And so she did a video for this course. And then we also have um, a nutritionist who contributed 
um, meal plans. So there's like a total of four weeks of meal plans if you want That's to use amazing. Those. So it's kind of like a, you know, where I would basically be taking someone for 90 days through a one-on-one, they can do this in a course. That's beautiful. And mm-hmm. I like how you address the, you know, Prochaska wheel of transformation, right? We all are human. We all make decisions and changes at our own pace. And like your neighbor might be ready to go, but your iron's not hot yet. And maybe you're taking a little while. And that's where I love what you've done is create this buffet of sorts where people can learn about you on your website, on Instagram, you know, for free. But then also if they're ready to take some action, they can do it themselves. They can learn at their own pace. They can enroll in your course. They can watch some videos on their own time. And, you know, as a fellow working mom with kids, sometimes, you know, you're not quite sure, should I invest in myself? That's the biggest sabotage. I think a lot of moms have is, oh, I'm not worth it. And they may not say that outright, but they're thinking it like, well, kids soccer comes first and, you know, I've got to do this first. And I, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm worth it to do, to get healthy yet. And so the course is great because you're allowed to take your time and learn mm-hmm. and implement real strategies. And then you also have, you know, ability to work with you one-on-one and it, this is wonderful. It gets the idea that, you know, health is coming in all forms, whatever is ready for you. I think this is amazing. Tell me more about what you envision. If you could like look into the future, 20 years, and you could revamp all of OB-GYN training, um, what would you do differently for our young doctors and medical students in training? So I, if I could revamp, so reimagine women's health, I would basically want it to be an integrative team. So I, I think that healthcare for women needs to be a team approach. We need to be able to take care of a patient that's, you know, here's your doctor, here's your nutritionist, here's your acupuncturist, here's your um coach, health coach, here's your trainer. Like it needs to be this approach where we're basically um, a team to help someone because different times, I mean, myself too, I'm not, I'm a human being and a mom. I mean, there are times when I'm like, yeah, I'm not having a glass of wine tonight. And then five fifteen happens. I'm like, okay, made it 15 minutes. <laughs> like we all need sort of different, uh, we have different needs for when to help us along these health journeys. And so this team approach, I think is so much more valuable than saying to a, a patient, okay, I'm going to deal with your birth control issues. Why don't you go see the dietitian? Oh, and here's a number for a trainer. I know here's a number for, it's just, here's a psychologist number. Like it's just too much yes. like trying to do it. And it, and every, every step you put in someone's way is another step. It's going to block their health um, journey because we all will, will take the easy, I'll take the easy way route. Right. Mm-hmm. I, it's like, I don't have time to be able to say, okay, I have this appointment and then this got canceled and I have this, and this kid didn't go to school because they had a cold. So it's, it's much easier if we can make an integrative approach. And I think um, I'm hoping that as more and more physicians learn about nutrition, they learn about prevention of disease instead of treatment of disease, that they'll see how valuable this model is and that they'll realize that there are are patients who really would prefer not to be on our medications. I mean, even in conventional medicine, before I even learned anything, a patient would be like, I'm gonna take that. You Mm -hmm. told me I've been on birth control pill for 30 years, like why? So I think the, the patient's, want this kind of approach. We just need to learn to deliver it. We need to figure out how to deliver it in a better model that doesn't, um, you know, that doesn't sacrifice patients because, you know, time it's, it's gotten worse in the 15 years I've been in practice that, 
even in private practice where I get to literally control my own schedule, right? Private practice, you have ultimate control over everything. You can see two people a day. It doesn't matter. It's your choice. Yes. But you're kind of being pushed by insurance mm-hmm. companies to not do that. They're saying, well, if you want to be paid, you need to see this many people because we need you to sort of be, you know, essentially generating because because out of the, say, 10 people you see, two of them, they're going to send you back in denial saying we're not paying for that day's services. And then you got to spend your effort going to get back to those two people. So you have to see right? 12 people, right? You got to see 12 to make up for the two you're not going to get paid mm-hmm. for. Yeah. So it drives a model that's really not patient-centered at all. It's, it's right. money-centered. And I think that the newer docs, I think, recognize the, the value of lifestyle. They rec- they're choosing specialties that make that they realize they have a better home life balance as well. And so by doing that, I think they're going to start pushing that to the patients and realizing they need to offer a better model for their patients. I love that. It's absolutely stated exactly how a lot of us are thinking and we're dismantling the it's, it's not going to be, you know, uh, sustainable, this current way that we're doing healthcare. And I think it starts early with medical school training. You're trained to like, know the answer. You're trained to be the one answer. We have standards of care and I'm not bashing evidence-based science and medicine, but we need to leave room for the open doors of other healing modalities. And I don't know how your training was, but I know in residency, we were kind of in that culture of the authoritative authoritarian. I always get those two confused, you know, uh, attending who like, you know, poo-poos or dismisses anybody that comes in and asks if they can take a supplement or if they can, you know, they got better healing with a Reiki master and they're, yeah, whatever, you know, and now we're seeing a resurgence where, I feel like the younger medical students and residents are open to this. They're excited to learn about how nutrition and other things can play into healing more than ever. And I would love that vision that you have of a medical, a true medical home that is, you know, patient centered. And I think what patients don't get is behind the doors. These doctors are stressed, even private practice doctors, as you said, they think that, you know, we thought we would be living our life of creative endeavors. In fact, I chose medicine because of its creativity. I thought, wow, I can really work with unique patients and outline their their life and work with them in creative ways. And what patients don't see is behind the door, there's insurance that's refusing payment that is limiting your creativity saying, nope, you can't use that medication or nope, you can't have that kind of therapist. It's not covered or whatever. And And then you're left kind of holding the bag saying, well, I still have medical school loans and I still have bills. And so, and it's not money. That's not the reason, but boy, if you feel disempowered every day with your choices and you get denied over and over as a clinician, you start to question why you're in it. And, and you took the leap into your own integrative, uh, you know, career now. So tell me how this is different. You did a a recent move. Where do you live Mm now? I live in Los Angeles. Nice. And tell me how you like you envision this next chapter of your career. Yeah. So I left because I, um, you know, once you start seeing all these things and you, you, you develop this philosophy that you, you want more tools for patients, then when you're in a partnership with other doctors, you have to decide, do we all see things the same? And ultimately I didn't see things the same where I saw myself as being able to spend time with patients. I wanted that, that time to sit down with them. I wanted to be able to, to offer this as a service and my fellow partners did not. So I had to sort of decide to do my own thing. And where I envision this sort of going is obviously helping patients on a one-on-one situation, but also really 
you know, getting out in the community and, and giving this information for free, right? If I help one diabetic woman who wanted to figure out what to eat and was not given the time in her doctor's office to do it, and I did it for free, great. She's going to teach her child how to eat better and prevent diabetes long-term. So I think, you know, where I see this going is people like us who are, who are really trying to see medicine differently, a whole body right. approach, just kind of, we're out there, we're on a social media, which is not like us doctors to do. We're trying to get this information out there and say, listen, it's possible for you to not be on 13 drugs. Like, have right. you thought about it this way instead? And right. I think that the more that uh, that people are out there, the more we do this, I think that it'll become, there'll be pressure on mainstream medicine to evaluate it. And, and in my specialty, I don't know about yours, but like we have a serious shortage of OBGYNs across the oh, country. Same it's, with primary care. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's bad. And so a lot of us, a lot of the private practice doctors are ditching because they're tired of insurance telling them what to do and they're doing hospitalist work. So now you have like very few people who you're pregnant, you can't find a doctor. That's a pretty common story across this the country because people are getting, you know, they're doing hospital job. They don't want to have the pressure of constantly being told that you have to right. see 45. I saw 45 people a day oh, my on average. That was my usual was 45 people. Five that is minutes, crazy. 10 minutes. And still when I was in there, I was private practice. So like if someone was in labor, I had to walk back and forth to the labor floor and deliver people in the middle of the day in the clinic. And if they call me from the ER for an ectopic, I had to go downstairs. So I, we didn't have PAs or nurse practitioners. We had nobody ancillary. So I was just running nonstop Wow. Um, to do that. And that's not what most newer physicians want to do. They don't want to have that sort of lifestyle. Right. And I love they're pushing back on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, this is not sustainable. I'm like, Listen, mm-hmm. I'm 45. I get it now. now oh, yeah. I've been sleeping at night. I'm like, <laughs> this hey. is great, right? And you know, <laughs> I love knew. that, right? And I love <laughs> that you're challenging, you know, you're just one of the specialties. I mean, there's so many specialties that, you know, I've been honored to connect with dermatology, um, neurology, specialties that are thinking outside mm-hmm. the box a bit on how we deliver medicine. And you're one of them that's like, you know, there's a lot we can learn in a group setting. You know, it, we don't need the one-on-one per se. Yes, there's yeah. an individualistic approach, but this is where I love this forefront of innovation that we're creating and we're being, we're getting out of our comfort zone. We're on social media, we're educating. And these are things that are not taught in medical school, but are so important because people don't know what they don't know. And when you're educating, you can educate and reach the masses in group settings and it can feel very empowering. You know, there's this, mm-hmm. this haze of, you know, we get, I think, overly scared with HIPAA and things. And there's ways to do this that are HIPAA compliant, that are very um, encouraging for patients. And there's peer-to-peer support and ways that patients can learn, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one with PCOS. You know, this is something mm-hmm. that I can, you know, learn from. So this is so great. And I know as a practitioner, it is uncomfortable to be out there quote unquote, on social media and stuff. What is your, do you have any little tips for anybody listening that is just new and thinking, wow, I really am going to reinvent my career. I'm going to go into a functional integrative approach. And I'm nervous to be on video. I'm nervous to be on social media. I need to be perfect. What are your little words of wisdom? Cause you do it so well. You know, I think about what I tell my children, be yourself. Because there's nothing worse than someone investing time into like, so if they saw me on social media and I was always super dressed up and looked cute and had my hair and makeup done, and then they get a course from me and they're like, she didn't even bother putting any lipstick on. And like, then they're going to be like, who is this person? And ultimately, like, 
you tell your children all the time, be yourself, just be yourself. The people that, that will bond with you are the people that are meant to bond with you. And so I just see that, you know, when I go, I click, I mean, the video I did yesterday, I literally had run, I did an hour of stair work and I hit record and I was like, I should have probably done this video <laughs> before Love I did my it. stair work, but it's realistic. I have four children that I'm toting back and forth in school and I had an hour, yes. so I did stair work and it's like, this is, this is who I am. So I'm not going to be anybody that I'm not. So being yourself and just trying to, you are so you are so smart and so educated. And, you know, I think as physicians, we we are taught in medical school just to be careful of what we say, right? Always oh, absolutely. Before it comes out of your mouth. Yes. Make sure that you don't have too much emotion. You don't tell too much information. You don't look like you made a mistake. You don't look like you are going to say the wrong thing. And it's like, you, I mean, my husband told me that one time when I was doing a video and he was like, Jen, you like have so much more information than the person who's watching this video. Just talk to the person, like yes. just act like you're talking to a patient Boom, and do it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And just so kind of get over yourself. And, so true. and it's so much, we're so taught so much just to sort of be careful with everything we say. And it's just, you know, you can still be yourself. You're still a person. Yes. And we're I, all I human. Think, and I think that's so good for patients to see, wow, yeah. you know, you are a human. And it's sort of like those, those magazines, like us weekly, like, look, they're doing the same things we are. The celebrities are human too, because people have this very wrong perception, but it's been curated over the years that we are the, you know, people that do everything perfectly. Nobody does. And I love that you're blowing it open by saying, Hey, I want to be myself because that's going to it's absolutely going to attract those patients that want that. They want that real human that can connect with them and be sweaty after walking up and down stairs and, and show that, you know, this is, this is life. You know, this is, this is hard to put together a, a healthy lifestyle, but it's fun too. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think also not taking it personal that if someone, if you're not their cup of tea, that's okay. That's mm -hmm. the hardest part. I think as I had a hard time learning that lesson in private practice where someone would see me and I deliver the baby and then they go see somebody else in my practice. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened to you? What yep. <laughs> like chop liver? What happened? And it's like, you, you just have to realize like people make their own decisions and you have no idea what drives their decisions. If I'm not their cup of tea, that's okay too. Like mm -hmm. that's okay. That is hugely powerful to understand and hard still as, especially as you go out on your own. Right. And I think that is the, the light and dark double-edged sword of being yourself is wonderful because you will attract more than you think. Nobody wants another generic version of, uh, just a regular bland functional medicine or integrated medicine influencer, right? They all, you can find similar advice everywhere else. So why would you want to be like that? You can be paralyzed with indecision and fear when you scroll through your own social media feed going, oh my God, they're already doing this. And how am I going to be unique? Well, because you can be yourself and nobody can be you and you can say the same thing, but in your own way. Mm -hmm. And that is more empowering on the flip side there'll be people that may not want to work with you. And I think that's the mark of some somebody who has done more healing because all of us have an ego. We're walking egos on a stick and it hurts to say, to hear or to, to see, oh, that person didn't really want to work with me and they chose somebody else instead or whatever, but that's okay. You know, you start to realize that's, that's human nature and you're there to give your gift to those that really want to work with you. So I am, I am so thrilled with what you're doing in the world. I'd love to know 
Like, what is your current obsession, even non-medical? I mean, this is all about, you know, my mission is to help health practitioners design this work-life uh, balance. Well, actually, I don't like the word balance. I like the word masterpiece that is, you know, uniquely joyful and, and fun. And so I like to like, look at your own personal development. What is something you're obsessed with? Do you have a topic that you're really interested in or a new hobby that you're doing? Tell me a little bit more. Um, so I had a huge garden in Missouri for all 13 years. Like gardening is for me, like very, um, cooking and gardening is like my Zen mode, right? Some people can meditate. Like I can just be out there around in the dirt and doing stuff. So I don't, since I moved here and I'm renting, I don't have this garden that I used to have this big plot. So I'm trying to be creative. <laughs> so I have a lot of these little pots cool. of, of different vegetables trying to figure out, and I'm in a totally different climate. So trying to figure out oh yeah, you can grow tomatoes till December. Like it doesn't freeze here. Like that's pretty cool. So trying to learn these things. And right now I, um, I, I've done kombucha forever. Like, so I, but I started doing growing my own microgreens in the last month. So that's been a cool little project to Cause I've been, I was buying them. So now I can learn how to, to grow them and how it works. So things like that, really like that stuff. I love like to figure out what, what am I eating for my own health? That makes me, how easy is it for me to grow? It's super easy. Like literally my children help me and it's so easy to do. And I feel like those are kind of things that drive me. Like what else can I learn? That's something I can do myself to help my own health. I think that's really fun. And I love to read. So I had was so busy for the last 13 years running around, I never had time. And now I've actually started buying books at, at Barnes and Noble. And I'm like, whoa, like I'm reading this book and this book. So it's been kind of cool to go back to, to reading books again, having the time to, to really, um, you know, follow those passions. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. I love it on, on so many different levels that you're in getting your kids involved. We all have our ways of accessing that flow, that Zen, that, that kind of, you know, good euphoric feeling of, wow, I've, I've lost track of time. And for you, it's cooking and gardening and, and, you know, that pays in dividends because, you know, you feel, you know, happy and grounded. And it sounds like you're so curious and passionate about all the different, is there something you're, you're interested in growing that you haven't tried yet? Do you have like a to-do list of, I'm going to try growing certain things? So in Missouri, I could never get carrots to grow. Like I, I was like the carrot dud woman. I could never get those darn things to work or watermelon, but it also with this, with watermelon, it was never hot long enough. It was such a short window in Missouri. There's only three months really where it was hot. So I would like to see if I can get those things I couldn't get to, to work there, but also, you know, I'm now in an area where there's more diversity. So diversity, you know, human diversity. So I'm learning like, Oh my gosh, look at this watermelon radish. I've never even heard of this. Like, and then there's a lot of people who like different types of um, cabbages and kales and all these different interesting things because people use them in their cuisines, their own cultural cool. cuisines, which I never had exposure to. So some of those things, like I'll go and look at, you know, the plants I'm like, Oh, what is this? This is cool. I've never heard of this sort of type of green. And I realized that to use a lot of in Asian cultures for, for stir fries that I just never knew. So it's kind of it's, I'm learning a little bit more and trying to figure out, can I, you know, try these things myself and see, you know, we always talk about a variety of vegetables, right? We want people to sort of eat the variety. So I'm trying to learn that itself, myself too. And what can I do to, to change that for myself? That's awesome. It's like a, it's almost like a book club, you know, we've got Oprah's book club <laughs> that she, and I could just see you having like Dr. Jen's, you know, 
vegetable club where once a week you're like, this is a new thing I've never heard of. And we're going to figure out how we can use it. I mean, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. You know, the yeah. world is so much better having you here. I'm so grateful to connect with you and you're doing such great work for women, especially with PCOS in such a, a very isolating feeling when they're feeling like they have no control, you're giving them back that gift of control and of connection. And so thank you again, Dr. Jen. Um, please give our listeners another uh, way they can reach you. Please tell us your website again. It's www.wellwomanmd.com. Perfect. I hope everybody goes there, takes the quiz, find out you're one of three drivers of PCOS and follow Jen on social media. She's got great content, very personable and unique. And thank you for coloring outside the lines, Dr. Jen, and being a catalyst for transformation in healthcare. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for letting me be here. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening and subscribing. As a survivor of burnout myself, it's my mission to help health practitioners design a work life that is unique, joyful, and anti-burnout by applying the neuroscience of creative flow in daily life. One of my favorite things to do is deliver playful workshops that are interactive and memorable. And of course, they have creative workbooks. So please visit my website, drlarasalier.com to check my speaking availability. And if you're a practitioner interested in mentorship, grab some of my freebies at rightbrainrescue.com. I especially love the Catalyst Kit for a quick start to using the five-step roadmap that I use in my mentorship on your own practice. It's only $29. You know, I'm a working mom of three. I love a good deal. So connect with me on social media, drlarasalier.com and keep coloring outside the lines.